What's going on, everybody? My name's Jeremy Cole, and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of the J. Cole Sports Talk podcast. Now, it is officially March, believe it or not. January and February flew by, and in the spirit of, you know, since it's officially March, this podcast episode is entirely devoted to just talking college hoops. College basketball is all I want to focus on today, especially after the historic Saturday from this past weekend, and... You know, I kind of want to talk about what happened this past weekend, you know, the history that was made. I'm going to talk about a little bit with what we're seeing with Bracketology being released yesterday now that it's officially March. I'll give you some seating, some of the layouts for all the major divisions. And then I want to talk a little bit about each of the conference tournaments and kind of give you my pick as to who I believe should win each conference tournament. So with that being said, I'm jumping right into it. I mentioned it last Saturday. It was a historic day for college basketball. And It was a historic day for definitely a more interesting reason, and it's because that each of the top six teams in the AP Top 25 each lost for the first time ever on the same day. And very, very interestingly, they were all road losses, and I think that definitely plays a part in something I'll talk about in just a little bit. But just reviewing, Gonzaga, who was the number one ranked team, um, they lost to St. Mary's. Arizona, number two ranked, lost to Colorado. Auburn, number three, lost to Tennessee. Purdue, lost to Michigan State. Kansas, lost to Baylor. And that was a tough one. Baylor's number 10 overall, um, or was before this weekend, and they're a damn good team. And then Kentucky, lost to Arkansas, who's also a, a damn good team. They're 18th overall, or were 18th. So both of those losses were a little bit different. Um, and then, you know, slightly different as well. Texas Tech lost to TCU. But, you know, that's Texas Tech was ranked ninth, so they're not, you know, included in this historic weekend. But the main point is seven of ten of the top, yes, excuse me, seven of the top ten AP ranked college basketball teams lost in the same weekend. And I said the history was that the top six teams, one through six, each lost for the first time ever on the same day. And it's kind of interesting when I was thinking about this. All of these losses, they were great games, uh, first of all, but all of these losses, you know, the impact, it's kind of interesting. I read this uh, this little comment that, you know, I think is worth bringing up, and it said that if, you know, all if all pretty much every game in an NFL weekend ended up being a tie, for example, how would the power rankings shift? And, you know, they really wouldn't shift much at all all and that's kind of the same thing that happened in the NCAA or in college basketball because when you have the top six teams all losing four of them to unranked teams two of them to good teams that you know got some bump up in rankings as they deserve but when you have that many teams in the top 10 lose nothing crazy really shifts around so there weren't any major changes in the AP top 10 standings and it was almost a wash, and it was you know as good of a weekend to lose as any weekend to lose if you were one of those top teams. And now when you looked at the AP standings that were released this week, Baylor was actually the only top 10 team to improve their seeding. And then Villanova and Texas Tech dropped out of the top 10. Uh, Texas Tech, I said, had that loss, and I think Villanova dropped out because you just had some other exciting teams kind of slide up a little bit. So previously, Gonzaga and Arizona were the number one and number two seed. Neither of them changed. And I think this was a pretty fair, you know, no change or no gain or loss from either of these teams. And I think they're probably, you know, 
Gonzaga is probably still the best team in the nation regardless of that loss. And Arizona is still an extremely competitive team. Then you, the number three seed actually was is now Baylor. Baylor previously was the 10th ranked seed, but after beating Kansas, they moved up seven slots. And, you know, this has some potential uh, March Madness tournament seeding implications that I'll discuss in a minute. But Baylor moved up to the three seed. That was a big jump for them. Duke slid up three slots to the four seed. So they used to be seven. Now they're four. And that's mainly them benefiting from some of the other teams losing. Because you had Auburn, Kansas, and Kentucky all drop. Auburn dropped from the third seed to the fifth seed. Kansas dropped one seed to the sixth. Or excuse me. They dropped one slot to the sixth seed. Kentucky dropped one to the seventh seed. Purdue, you know, they probably had one of the worst losses, I guess you could say. Um, and they dropped all the way to the eighth seed. Purdue's had a, you know, a rough run their past couple games. They've had some tough late game losses, and including a game last night that was an incredible game against Wisconsin, um, where they basically lost on a buzzer beater after losing on multiple, pretty much multiple different buzzer beaters to teams like my Indiana Hoosiers, um, which was a super, super exciting game. And, you know, Purdue slid a little bit as of late, but they're still ranked eighth. You know, that's not too bad. And ninth, you know, Providence has actually been a pretty surprising team this year. They moved up into the top 10. They used to be 11. You know, I'm not shocked, I would say, that we're seeing Providence ranked this high. They've had a pretty damn impressive season out of the Big East. And right now they're actually 24 and four overall. And, you know, in their conference, they're destroying but then also at home there are 16 and 1 this season and they've actually done a good job versus AP ranked teams and teams in the USA ranked poll so you know kudos to them they're having a great season and then rounding out the top 10 is Wisconsin from the Big 10 who I said literally yesterday just had a massive win over Purdue except these rankings or sorry these AP standings came out before yesterday's game so Wisconsin I expect them to continue to move up and in this, you know, these rankings, they moved up from the 13th slot to the 10th slot. And after that game last night, they are actually riding a five-game win streak, which is something I'm definitely going to want to talk about in a few minutes um, because they are hot right now and they are getting hot at the right time, you know, better time right now because this is March now. And this is the best time of the year to kind of ride that streak and get that momentum going as you head into conference tournaments and then also obviously March Madness. So, you know, I just mentioned, you know, all that craziness that happened this weekend, kind of the impact in the top 10 on the standings. And, you know, kind of how I said it was almost a wash for uh, the AP standings when everyone loses. It's pretty damn similar when you look at the impact on the NCAA tournament seeding. And virtually nothing really changed. Yesterday, uh, Bracketology released a massive article that I read up on. And they, you know, did their mock bracket seeding everyone. You know, first four in, last four in, first four buys, second uh, second four out, all of that stuff. And before Saturday, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kansas were the top seeds on, you know, the morning list released. That was before this past weekend when all of those teams lost. Um, except Arizona and Gonzaga, I said they didn't shift in the AP poll. I don't think they're shifting at all in their standings. They both should still hold the number one seed in the tournament, except Kansas could definitely slide out of that number one slot. And, you know, the defending national champs, Baylor, are 100% going to be sliding into that final one seed instead of a Kansas team. 
especially after that, you know, very, very good win against Kansas this past weekend. And, you know, I expect them to hold that one seed probably almost regardless of what happens in their conference tournament, unless something awful happens. Um, but, you know, they're a very, very strong seed uh, or team to slide into that number one seed. And then the other final number one seed is kind of a little bit up for grabs between Kentucky, you know, Purdue. I don't know how much I like them as a one anymore. I don't think they will be, especially after, you know, multiple losses in a row. Texas Tech is also a team that could, but, you know, they lost as well. Um, so it really, I think, could be a Kentucky. It could be a Kansas Um and, you know, Kansas was number one before this weekend. You know, they didn't have the worst loss against a tough Baylor team, so they could easily just hold their one seed, and Baylor could have kind of just taken over the final one seed because Auburn, who did hold the other one seed, fell, is you know, now has fallen to a two seed for sure after that bad loss to Tennessee. And, you know, despite Purdue being ranked fourth overall in the nation last weekend, they were already a two seed, and I said I don't think they should have, you know, they shouldn't slide in to take that one seed, you know, regardless of what happens in the next week or two, or week and a half before Selection Sunday, and, you know, so I think that's kind of, I would say it's set in stone that Gonzaga and Arizona are one seeds, and then I'm almost sure that it's going to be Baylor and Kansas as the fell or as the, you know, the other one seeds that are slightly, you know, less good one seeds, I would say, um, but, you know, you never know what could happen with Kentucky or even, you know, Auburn, depending on what happens um, in the SEC tournament. You know, they could, I don't, I don't know exactly what they would have to do to cause them to get a one seed. It's probably more that a team that is in the one seed needs to do something bad to then let Auburn slide into their spot. So that's kind of where everything sits there, at least on, you know, this past weekend's impact on NCAA tournament seeding. And then... You know, when I looked at bracketology today and yesterday, and this is, I said, this was released on yesterday, March 1st, because, you know, March is starting, March Madness. This is when bracketology starts to, you know, really take over, and everyone's talking about March Madness and seedings and all that good stuff. And the representation of each conference, I'm going to give you the nine conferences that have the most teams, or at least two teams representing them. And no shocker, the number one conference with the most representation in March Madness as of yesterday, and this is 100% subject to change, everything that I'm going to say about these representation and these teams that could uh, be in March Madness is 100% subject to change. But number one, no surprise, and you know, I could tell this, or I could tell you this before I even did any research on this, the Big Ten is 100% the number one uh, conference for highest representation this year in March Madness. And you know, they have nine teams currently as of bracketology that are going to be in, and that is Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, OSU, Michigan State, and then there's kind of a little bit of a cutoff because then you have, you know, my IU Hoosiers, you have Rutgers, and you have Michigan, and IU and Rutgers are actually both last four in teams, which is pretty interesting. You know, whether or not both of those teams get in will be definitely a question um, or a question mark because they actually are playing today in 20 minutes and I'm recording this as of you know 3:30 on uh, March 2nd and they're playing at 4 p.m West Coast time so I'm definitely going to be tuning into that game because there are pretty big implications on the line for that game for both of these teams um, 
and we'll see exactly what happens if you know if IU wins today that's a huge game for them and that could kind of push Rutgers a little bit out further on the bubble I'm not exactly sure but this is a huge game for both of these teams Wisconsin back to the top of the Big Ten they're a three seed and you know honestly after their win yesterday you know these seedings were released yesterday morning Wisconsin won their game versus Purdue yesterday evening so I honestly could see Wisconsin Purdue almost a little flip-flop of their seedings so I could see Wisconsin as the two and Purdue as a three rather than the other way around but both of those teams are very high seedings you have Iowa listed as a seven seed. You have Illinois as a four seed. OSU as a six seed. Michigan State as a seven seed. And then IU and Michigan, both it says as 11 seeds and Rutgers as a 12 seed. But, you know, IU, Rutgers, both of those teams, unfortunately, have potential to not make it. Michigan also has a chance to not make it, depending on what happens, you know, before the conference tournament. Um, so those are definitely a couple teams to keep an eye on to see if they'll, you know, get their wins and stay in contention for March. Moving on, the second highest representation out of any conference in the nation is actually the Big East. And this was a little bit surprising for me. I didn't realize how good of a year the Big East was having. And they actually have seven teams that, as a bracketology yesterday, will be representing their conference in March Madness. And you know, first and foremost, I said Providence earlier is having a, you know, they're a top 10 ranked team right now. They're having a great season. They're 24 and four. They're 16 and one. I mentioned this, they're 16 and one at home. And they currently have a four seed in March Madness. You know, despite the fact that Villanova is lower ranked in the AP poll, they are actually a three seed um, coming out of the Big East. You have UConn as a four seed, Creighton as an 11, Seton Hall as an eight, Marquette as a seven and Xavier as a nine and you know a lot of these teams are pretty damn solid teams they you know pretty much everyone I said besides um besides Marquette and besides Xavier are single digit loss teams and you know Providence is only a four loss team right now and UConn has been hot they're won five in a row Seton Hall's won three in a row um, but the Big East is playing some damn good basketball this year, and I would not be surprised if, you know, multiple of these teams make a good run in this year's uh, March Madness. But all of these teams are pretty, you know, pretty solid picks for March Madness at, at this point. Um, Creighton, it says, is the lowest ranked team in, you know, <clears throat> in their division, despite the fact that Creighton has a 19-9 and record and is, you know, a much better record than uh, Xavier at 17-11. and Um but, you know, they have struggled a little bit against AP-ranked teams. They're 3-5. and five. But all of these teams are very solid teams. Um, you know, no one that's a last four in, like IU or Rutgers, kind of how I said that. But the Big East, seven very solid teams this year should be going to the dance. Um, but, you know, that's great for the Big East this year to have such great representation. The third highest represented uh, uh, conference is the Big 12, and they have six teams, and they're basically all 20-win teams. This is another kind of scary uh, scary conference with some damn good talent. You know, first and foremost, you have Baylor and Kansas. Sorry, first, you know, you know, the first two teams, not really first and foremost. Baylor and Kansas are both, you know, top five. You know, I guess Kansas is six right now, but they're both pretty much top five talent teams. Uh, they both should probably hold one seeds. They do as of bracketology yesterday, but that could change. Um, 
And then you have Texas Tech at, you know, 23 and 7. They're 18 and 0 at home. They're 7 and 3 against AP ranked opponents. They're a three seed according to Bracketology. You have the Texas Longhorns as a five seed. TCU as a nine seed. And Iowa State rounding out the Big 12 as a seven seed. And yeah, all of these teams besides TCU are 20 win teams. And TCU is only 19 and 9. Like they don't even have double digit losses. So all of these teams are going to be tough opponents, that's for sure. And Big 12, similarly like the Big East, they're, you know, this is a great year for Big 12 basketball. Moving on, the SEC also has six teams representing them, according to Bracketology that was released yesterday. I keep saying this, but it's important to note that because, you know, these, you know, all of these things could shift and could change. Um, the Big East and Big 12 should each have, you know, they should have the seven and six teams that I've mentioned. I don't think any of those teams drop out. Um, but the Big Ten definitely could be changing around. The SEC, I said, has six teams. Auburn is the top team there. You know, they were ranked number one for a while, um, you know, in the nation in the AP poll, but right now they're ranked number fifth overall in the nation, and they hold the number two seed in the tournament. Kentucky also holds a two seed. Then you have teams like Tennessee and Arkansas who are pretty competitive, damn good teams. And Tennessee's a three seed, Arkansas is a five seed. You have Alabama also as a five seed. They're 19 and 10, um, but they're a little bit better than their record might indicate. And then you have LSU rounding them out as a six seed, and LSU's 20 and 9, and they're unranked uh, despite that pretty strong record. But, you know, you have teams like Alabama and Tennessee that have had decent years against AP ranked opponents. Arkansas has been great as of late. They're 4 0 against AP ranked teams. Um, you know, they're definitely a team to look out for, especially in the SEC tournament because they're hot right now on a four-win streak. So, you know, the SEC is another great conference this year. And um, those six teams will definitely be teams that could, you know, make some noise this year in March. Moving on to the ACC, they have five teams. And the ACC is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit deceiving because of the competition there. There's a lot of teams that are struggling that, you know, are normally pretty good teams, um, but they're not having good years this year. And, you know, you have Duke, who is by far and away the best team in the ACC. They're the four seed right now in, you know, the AP poll, and they are ranking as a two seed in March Madness. You also have Notre Dame um, as an eighth seed, North Carolina as a 10th seed, Miami as a 10th seed, Wake Forest as an 11th seed, and then unfortunately, Virginia Tech is in the next four out as of right now. But besides, you know, besides Duke, a lot of these teams, I said Wake Forest, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Miami, they're all 20-win teams, but they all haven't been, you know, really tested. They, you know, North Carolina has the most games in the entire division or conference uh, against AP-ranked opponents, and they're 1-4. And, and, you know, besides Duke, all of those other teams I've mentioned haven't really done well against ranked teams. Wake Forest is 0-2, Notre Dame is 1-1, Miami's 1-1, Virginia Tech's 0-3. So they haven't really played uh, that strong of teams, for example. So that definitely plays into it a little bit. Um, but this is Duke's conference to lose, that's for sure. Duke is on a 7-win streak right now. North Carolina is actually playing well on a 4-win streak, but... You know, this is really Duke's conference to lose, as I will continue to say. And when I talk about the ACC tournament starting this week, um, you know, Duke is my pick, you know, undoubtedly. There's no one else that I think should contend with them, but you never know. In a little North Carolina Duke game, anything can really happen. You know how that's gone over the past, you know, decades and decades. That, that series is playing so close, and, you know, we'll see who comes out with it, but 
Duke is definitely the team to watch out of the ACC. Um, and those are the five teams total as of right now that are representing the ACC in the March Madness bracket. Moving on, the Mountain West is the sixth highest represented conference in the U.S., and they have four teams. These are pretty interesting teams as well because they kind of, you know, the further I get down the list, the less tested these teams have really been. And, you know, you have a team, for example, one of the teams that's in Bracketology right now hasn't even played a ranked opponent um, out of the Mountain West Conference. So it's kind of tough to judge them when they really haven't even played anyone that's, you know, not that good. Um but just talking about the four teams, you have Boise State as an eighth seed, Colorado State as an eighth seed, Wyoming as a ninth seed, and San Diego State as a 12 seed, and they're one of the last four in. And, you know, this is a tough one to judge, as I was saying. None of these teams have really been tested. Boise State's on a five-win streak, so they're doing well. Um, and heading into the Mountain West, you know, conference tournament, that's going to be great for them. But I just mentioned Colorado State has no games this year against any ranked opponents. So I don't really know exactly how to judge, um, you know, a conference like this. It's pretty tough. But besides those, you know, top three or four teams that I mentioned, there's no one even close to contending for a tournament spot. Um, so we'll see what happens with San Diego State down the stretch. But Boise State, Colorado State, and Wyoming all should be in the tournament. The seventh highest, or, you know, not really highest at this point, there are three teams representing uh, the West Coast Conference, and Gonzaga is the obvious one, number one seed, number one team in the nation. Um, you know, not a lot needs to be really said about them. St. Mary's is actually a sixth seed in the tournament. They have, have been having a pretty damn good season. They're 24-6, and six, coming off of a great win against Gonzaga. Uh, you know, they're, ride, they're playing, or they're hot right now, and they're riding a high wave, so... I don't expect them to do anything really in the West Coast Conference Tournament, um, especially if they face Gonzaga again. I think Gonzaga is too good of a team to drop two games in a row to a same opponent. And, you know, I think Mark Few makes the great adjustments and does what he, you know, ticks around what he needs to do, and it won't be an away game for the West Coast Conference Tournament. So that's definitely a huge, huge factor to think about. The third team is actually San Francisco. Now, they're ranked as a 10th seed, and they're 23-8 and this season. They're 0-2 against ranked opponents, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, divisional opponents. So if they're playing Gonzaga, that's kind of a tough one. So, you know, I'm kind of interested to see if they can, you know, make any noise in the West Coast Conference Tournament before March Madness just to, you know, get their name out there a little bit. But I didn't even realize they were having a good season. And then finally, you have BYU, who is actually listed as a first four out team right now. Um, you know, this could all shift around. As I said, Indiana and Rutgers at the beginning, one of them could very, very easily not make the tournament. Some of these first four out teams could very easily slide in instead. BYU is 100% one of those teams. They're 21-9 and nine this season. Um, they're having a good season. But the question is whether or not someone else will let them kind of take their place. And that's kind of the theme here that I've said a lot is it depends a lot on whether or not another team that's higher ranked loses for a team, you know, below them to slide up as good of a team below or, you know, a lower ranked team can play as good as they want. But unless a higher ranked team slips, they won't be able to take their slot. So as of right now, BYU is a first four out team. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Pac-12 only has three teams representing them as of bracketology yesterday. And it's 
very nuts. I mean, I'm not used to seeing this few teams out of my, you know, California grew up watching Pac-12 more than anything else. And it's very odd to see a team like Colorado or Oregon or even, you know, you could even go into like Washington's territory that they're just no one's playing well right now. Um, and the three teams are pretty obviously Arizona, USC, and UCLA, and they're the, really the only three teams that have been competitive this season. Colorado had a great win this weekend against Arizona, but, you know, they're not even listed as a bracketology or, you know, as a first four out or anything. They're not even there. Oregon is listed as a first four out. So I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen if either of those teams are going to be able to make the tournament. Um, but U of A is a one seed, not surprising. UCLA is a four seed and USC is a six seed and I think all three of these teams have potential to make noise this year I don't know if UCLA or USC will make as deep of a run as last year um, but I think UCLA is far more likely than USC especially because they don't have you know Evan Mobley right now and the NBA who was on their team last year is their best player so that's a huge thing to look out for Um, but the Pac-12 man it's, it's really odd to see only three teams that are listed to make the March Madness or to make the tournament this year. It's kind of bizarre. I'm usually used to at least five teams. So, you know, they're the eighth highest represented conference in the nation, and that's not a good look. Finally, last but not least, you have the AAC or the American Athletic Conference, and there are only two teams that are listed right now um, to make the tournament as a bracketology, and the first one is Houston. They're they're listed as a five seed, um, and they're, you know, they're a perennial good team, honestly. They're... Their numbers are a bit deceiving, especially because of how good of their ranking. Um, they're not really their ranking, sorry. Their record is usually every year. It's pretty stupid good, but they're not tested very much. And, you know, they're 0-1 in the AP, against AP-ranked teams. Um, and they're 25-4 and overall, and they're on a five-game win streak. So they're definitely, you know, they definitely have the momentum going into that uh, American Athletic Conference tournament. And besides Houston, the only other team in uh, in bracketology is listed as Memphis as an 11 seed, and they're a last four in. And SMU is a is a first four out. So it's very possible that you know SMU and Memphis could swap a little bit, or a team how I said like you know Oregon or a BYU or an Indiana or a Rutgers, that could all shift around and one of those first four out teams could easily take one of their other places. Um, but, you know, this is one of those conferences that is Houston's to lose for sure. Um, and we'll see if they're able to really get far in March Madness this year. They're going to be a five seed. And, you know, I like them, but, you know, I'm, I can't get too high on a team that isn't playing too competitive of competition. That's a big, big thing for me. So moving on now, the final thing I really want to talk about is setting up the conference tournaments this week. You know, there's a couple more games for each team on the schedule, and there are some big, big games, not even so much for conference tournaments. Uh, it was a little bit for seeding in the tournaments, but really more for those teams that are first four in, um, or sorry, last four in or the first four out teams, really big games for them to make statements going into their conference tournaments, trying to make a push to get a, get a slot in March Madness. That's a really, really big thing to look out for. But the conference tournament starting this week, you have the Big Ten, March 9th through 13th. SEC is also March 9th through 13th. Then you have Pac-12 as March 9th through 12th. Big 12 as March 9th through 12th. Big East, March 9th through 12th. 
Mountain West March 9th through 12th. The ACC is March 8th through 12th. And then, you know, the last two, the American Athletic Conference, the American Conference, whatever you want to call it with Houston in it, that's March 10th through 13th. And then the uh, West Coast Conference with Gonzaga is March 3rd through 5th and then finishes on 7th through 8th. And going through each of these divisions, I want to give you my pick as to who I think, you know, is going to win each conference tournament. And starting in the Big Ten, you know, as much as I want to say my Indiana Hoosiers, I don't think that's a reasonable pick. Um, You know, the Big Ten is easily the most competitive conference. And, you know, you can see it with just these records going down the list. You have teams that are ranked in the top 25 that are pretty damn close to having 500 conference records. It's a damn tough conference to win. So... This one is probably the most up for grabs out of almost any. Um, the Big East and Big 12 are also really, really far up for grabs. Um, and I could see a lot of different teams winning them. But for me, it's tough to pick anyone else besides Wisconsin right now. You could make you could make the argument for Purdue, especially after losing to Wisconsin this weekend. It's far less likely that they win two in a row if they meet up again in the conference tournament. But overall, Wisconsin is just playing so damn well on that five-game winning streak that I have to ride them going into the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, don't look or look out for a team like Iowa that's on a four-game win streak. They're playing well. I don't think I see any of these unranked, you know, Rutgers, Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana. I don't think any of those guys really make any big, uh, big runs in the tournament. Um, if any of those, it's probably going to be Michigan State. But you know, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe Rutgers actually more so. They're a little bit more of a sleeper team. Um, but overall, you know, this is a really competitive conference and a team like Illinois or Ohio State, they could make a push and get competitive with almost any of these teams as well. But if I had to pick, I'm going Wisconsin. Moving on to the SEC, this one's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a tough one to pick, but I think it's really just a two-horse race. And in my opinion, I think it's really Kentucky or Arkansas. I'm not discounting Auburn, but Kentucky is, I think, an overall better team than Auburn, and Arkansas has been the much better team as of late, and they're also 4-0 against ranked opponents, and I think that definitely stands for something. Um, so I feel like I want to go Kentucky on this one, and Arkansas is definitely more my my backup pick, my backup choice, but you know, this is another one that has five or six teams that could easily run away with it. You know, Auburn or Tennessee could definitely make a run or kick out some teams that are high competitors. You have Alabama, you have LSU, even Florida or Texas A&M. Those guys can make a statement or South Carolina. These are some pretty solid teams, but you know, the top teams in my opinion have to be Kentucky and Arkansas going into the tournament. Um, And it's tough. You know, it could be a little recency bias off that Auburn loss means, you know, against Auburn a little bit, whatever, because they were so good for a lot of this year. But I like Arkansas, but I will like Kentucky a little bit more. Moving on to the Pac-12, this is really a three-horse race. It's not even close. I don't think uh, I don't think really anybody else has a chance to beat any of these teams. But you know, it's Arizona, it's USC, or it's UCLA. And you know, I don't know exactly who I would pick here. I probably would side with the safe choice of Arizona. Um, but you know, I would love to see UCLA. I got a little UCLA allegiance in me. I would love to see UCLA put on a run and you know, get a win in a Pac-12 tournament, that'd be great for them, especially get some higher seeding going into the tournament. Um, But this is, you know, it's got to be U of A or UCLA or USC, and I don't think anyone else even comes close. But if I had to pick, I'm going U of A. I mean, that's kind of the easy choice, so I hope I don't get too much, you know, 
whatever for picking kind of some of the easier teams to choose from. Um, but, you know, they're the best team by far. Moving on to the ACC, I said before, this one's not even close in my opinion. This is Duke's conference to lose. So I'm just picking Duke, and I'm not really going to say a whole lot about that. That's kind of all I have to say. Um, the Big 12 is kind of a tough one to choose from because I think this is another total three-horse race between Baylor, Kansas, and Texas Tech. And Baylor is the hot team right now. I would ride Baylor 100%. I think Kansas could definitely take them down. But, you know, Baylor's on the four-win streak. Kansas is on a two-loss streak. Um, and I think Baylor is just a, a better team overall. There's not a whole lot I could say about that. And, you know, Texas or Texas Tech or even Iowa State could, you know, make a splash in their conference tournament. But my pick is Baylor. Moving on the Big East, this is, you know, I've been saying a lot of three-horse races, blah, 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 but this is another one that's just a total three-horse race, and it's not even close, really, between Providence, Villanova, and UConn. You have some competitive teams in Creighton, Seton Hall, Marquette, and Xavier, but I think the, you know, the skill gap between these top teams and these kind of medium or mediocre teams in this division is pretty significant, and Providence has been playing really, really well lately. But, you know, they lost, they're actually on a one-loss streak, but UConn, the 18th-ranked team in the AP poll right now, is on a five-win streak. But, you know, I'm actually thinking I'm going to pick Villanova here. I think Providence could very easily win, and same with UConn, or even a team like Seton Hall. They're actually pretty underrated, and I think they're very solid. Or very solid. But I think Villanova is a little bit, whatever, a little bit slept on, honestly. Um, they've got a pretty damn good record against AP-ranked teams. So does Providence. Um, but... You know, overall, they've had some good competition this year, and I like Villanova heading into this tournament. But this is one that's another toss-up. There's a lot of good competition amongst the top conferences this year, and that is going to be make or make for very exciting basketball going into these conference tournaments. And you kind of move into the Mountain West, and as I go down this list now, it's a little bit less close. But this is an interesting one, I guess. Um, this was the one or the conference I mentioned how there is no one that was really tested. Uh, by any real ranked team. So I feel like this is just a complete toss-up. Um, you know, in the past, San Diego State has run this division. So I want to side with them, but I know that Boise State and uh, Colorado and Wyoming have all had better seasons. Um, and Boise State is also riding a five-game win streak. But San Diego State has been tested a little bit more. They've played more ranked opponents. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a, you know, underrated or different pick here in picking San Diego State. But this is one that, you know, I honestly don't know if I'll be watching too much Mountain West tournament basketball. Um, but they are they're interesting teams. I don't I don't really know. You know, matching up a team that's a twenty four and six Boise State versus, you know, any Big Ten team that's even a five or has a five hundred record, it's really tough to take a team like Boise State when they're not playing teams that are competitive. So it's just tough for me to choose um or really like any of these teams. But you know, San Diego State or Boise State, whatever. You know, we'll see what happens in that division. The West Coast Conference, it's not even worth talking about. That's a Gonzaga bracket to lose for sure, or tournament to lose, similar to how I said the ACC is Duke's, uh, Duke's tournament to lose. Gonzaga, far and away the best team, and I don't think St. Mary's will pull off two wins uh, off of Gonzaga within, you know, a week and a half. And then finally, the last conference I want to discuss is the American Athletic Conference, 
And this is another one that I think is, you know, it's Houston and it's Houston's conference to lose. SMU is a pretty solid team. And as I said, they're a first four out team. And then Memphis is also a last four in. So they have some decent competition in their conference. But I don't think Houston, or I just think Houston is by far and away a much better team than all of these teams. And I mentioned before, but they're on a five game win streak. So they're, excuse me, they're hot right now. And I just, I have to go with Houston. So reviewing real fast, I like Wisconsin from the Big Ten, Kentucky or Arkansas to the SEC, U of A in the Pac-12, Duke in the ACC, Baylor in the Big 12, Providence, but more so Villanova out of the Big East, uh, the Mountain West, I like SDSU or Boise State, and then the, you know, the West Coast Conference, it's just Gonzaga and American Athletic Conference, it's Houston, but you know, that's basically, basically all I want to talk about today. I'm running over a half hour at this point, and there's going to be a lot of exciting information and content that's going to happen over the next week or week and a half with these conference tournaments. And this is, it's March 2nd as I'm, or it's March 2nd as of the time that I'm recording this. And I'm really excited. I'm going to go watch this uh, IU Rutgers game right now. It's starting a little bit early for me. And I'm really excited to watch some high quality basketball. Let's just pray to God that, you know, Indiana shows up and their guard play is there today. Um, but you know, we'll definitely, definitely have more college basketball content coming out, especially right after Selection Sunday on the 13th, which is in, you know, just over a week and a half. Um, but the conference tournaments don't really start um, till about a week from today. So there's still two, about like two or three more games, depending on the team left for each team. So that could shift around some seating for college con or college tournaments, or sorry, conference tournaments. Um so we'll definitely do another podcast talking about some NCAA basketball as we head into March Madness. And then during March Madness, I'm going to be talking a hell of a lot of college basketball. I'm very excited. It's one of my favorite times of the year every every year in March. Um, and I'm very excited to be able to, you know, talk to you or talk to you guys and provide you with some information and some entertainment and some content about this exciting season of college basketball. So with that, I wish all of your teams good luck as we head into the conference tournaments. And everyone, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and thank you for listening.